Okay, last week we had episode one. Astina Mandela was named the winner. And in the bottom was Joe Black, who we met, Meet Joe Black, versus Bimini Bomb Bulash. And we said goodbye to Meet Joe Black. Now it's time for episode two. Fraser, what's going on? Welcome to the Drag Race Recap Show for Drag Race UK Season 2, Episode 2, titled Rats the Rusical. <laughs> I am Ben. I am Fraser. Fraser like razor cutting. <laughs> and you might know us from our podcast, You're Welcome America, where in every episode we translate British pop culture for America. And American pop culture for Britain. You're welcome. For the next seven weeks, we're going to be your hosts as we recap the second season of Drag Race UK. Okay, in the mini challenge in episode two, the queens flood the ballot boxes and elect their Drag Race cabinet. And then in the maxi challenge, the queens must perform in Rats, the Rusical, live. On the main stage, the category is surprise, surprise. Veronica Green is named the winner of the challenge while the judges place Tace and Cherry Valentine in the bottom two. And after <laughs> a very, very strange lip sync battle for their lives, Tace is told, Shante, you stay, while Cherry is told to sashay away. Oh, <laughs> babe. Did you see what I did two. there? <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I, I, no, I didn't see what you did, but I did hear what you did. <laughs> well oh, done. Right. Just real quick. This okay. episode, like, it came out swinging like an insane hurricane. It was one of the most weird and wild and wonderful episodes of Drag Race I've seen across, like, any franchise, let alone just the UK franchise. It was wow. fucking bonkers. That's a big, that's a very big statement to make. Why? What, give me some headlines. What, what, what was so out there for it, for you? What was going on? I felt like, I felt like the Rusical was, we, we've seen many different Rusicals over the years of Drag Race and they've always been funny and kind of weird, but this was like truly the most bizarre one of all. It was just so unhinged and every character was unhinged and they were all unhinged and it just was, I don't know, it was very like... It had like a weird, sloppy, manic energy that made it so fun to watch. It was it was definitely very like local town hall, but everyone's singing live and everyone's pretty good, but we're definitely in that local town hall. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then the 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 runway was just so funny because of the comparisons. I've seen so many funny like memes and gifs of the comparisons of like US reveals versus UK reveals. But we can get into that when we get into the runway later. Okay, let's get into the episode. So at the beginning, we've got the fallout from last week. It's after Joe's elimination. So what's going on here? So they, well, essentially, they can't believe that Joe Black was eliminated first. Now, here's the thing. This is a very strong group of queens. I'll give them that. And from the word go, there, there was no one who I was like, oh, they, they, they're definitely going home in the first couple of weeks. They're, they need to go. So I get it. Everyone's surprised Joe Black went. But it's also like... One of you had to go. If, if yeah. you're surprised at Joe Black, who was it going to be? They were they were shooketh though. Like that was definitely th- they thought that she was n- not necessarily going to like win the whole show. But I feel like maybe it's just that thing of every single one of them knew who she was. So to yeah. see someone like a like a kind of almost like a drag institution go home first, I feel like it just kind of put everyone in a different mindset for the rest of this show, where they were like, oh fuck, like being super like established is not gonna get you through a challenge so it's exciting and then so bimini clacks her way over in those massive shoes and uh reads the mirror message which is 
Alfie to Zane, you camp old bitches. <laughs> Love you. See you soon, Joe Black. I have to say, I now I I didn't do German at GCSE at school, but I have to say, remember GCSE how to... translation. Hang on, GCSE translation. What's that like? SATs? Uh, well, no, because you do them when you're 16, not 18. So it's like some kind of I don't know. We need Americans to tell us what if you do exams when you're 16, or whether you just just you're just at school. <laughs> I don't know. But I was just going to say, I'm very impressed with her being able to spell Alphidazane from memory. Because <laughs> I don't feel like they let them Google things. Oh, no, they definitely did. She was like, she's like, look, I'm Joe Black. You've met me and I'm going to just give him my phone. I'll do a quick Google. I want to get this right. She definitely, no way did she, did she? I don't, I don't know. know. I'm, I feel like they don't give them their phone until they leave the show. Hmm. Oh, well. So In fact, I'm glad we're starting to have a... Uh, they have an interview with, I think it's Milk, when she get she got eliminated in her season, and she's like crying, talking to the camera, and she's like, "Can I have my phone?" You know, I'm not trying to, <laughs> I'm not trying to pull out pull rank here from the drag knowledge database, but I'm just saying. Okay. You know. Well, it turns out Joe Black <laughs> also knows German, so I mean that's just something we didn't get to see because we said goodbye. So Estina is emotional over her win. Mm. Um, meanwhile, Ahura says the safe queens backstage thought that, oh yeah, they're, they're saying that they thought Astina was going to be in the bottom because of her ASOS jacket. Because yeah, there's <laughs> yeah. a moment where they're like, well, who did, who did you think was going to be in the bottom? They're like, well, actually, we kind of thought it was going to be you. We thought it was going to be Astina. Um, yeah, ASOS, product placement, getting it in there again. <laughs> maybe, not the, maybe not the most flattering light for ASOS. I mean, I mean, it's not like they're saying it's bad. They're just saying it's not drag worthy. But then Astina gets up and does like a, I think she, she takes her shoes off and then she does like a full on like, like floor show ending in like a death drop. Because <laughs> she's just like, yeah, I won, whatever. But wait, doesn't she go and grab the jacket and shove it on? <laughs> so yeah, she comes and does a, does a death drop in front of the wall. I was like, well... I mean, I kind of agreed with them a little bit. I didn't think that she should have won as well, but she did win. So everyone needs to get over it. And this is our first little, I was about to say little taste, more like an extremely large measure, like maybe a triple shot of uh, learning about a horror being just a huge bitch and a shit stirrer, which I don't know. I, I like, I like it. It feels like classic reality TV to me. I always appreciate a good agitator. Yeah, I I have like I have the classic reaction, which is like, oh, they're they're really stirring up shit. Oh, they're awful, but obviously I want them to be there. Yeah, and she's just I love her because she just she's got such a good such a strong interview look as well that I could watch her like rolling her eyes and huffing and puffing in that like weird patchwork shirt and beret like all day long. <laughs> she de- yeah, she definitely had some good like fast quips. I just want to point out I did notice there there was a slight. Um, slight pause before you answered me and i heard you sipping something what are you sipping on today fraser what you got going on <laughs> well because we're recording at a different of an evening time that we don't normally I've, i'm having a little gin and tonic um lovely and, yeah, fun fact i uh, i'm a single person living alone and i couldn't open the gin bottle so i was like i'll be resourceful and i tried to like cut off some of the foil of the top with a knife stabbed myself quite deep in the hand so I'm actually you- holding a drink and i'm clutching a, a wad of paper towels to stop the bleeding but you know, but you know, it'll help in a sort of antibacterial way with that with that wound, that lime. Well, the lime or the or the gin. Just dip it in the oh, gin. Yeah, to- tonic quinine. You know, like how you have it. <laughs> Is it gin and tonic? They tell people to have in the tropics because of yeah. malaria. <laughs> 
Well, well, I'm having a beer tonight, so cheers to you, babes. Oh, how mask of you. Cheers. I, I thought gin cheers. and tonic because it, it feels very British, you know? Mm. Anyway, oh. speaking of gin, uh, we, we, the, the <laughs> Queen's... <laughs> That was slick, right? Love the uh, the queens start de-dragging and we see our usual thing of, you know, wigs being peeled off of people's heads and people screaming as they like rip their eyelashes off. And we just take, and then we're just treated to Ginny uh, trying on <laughs> Bimini's kind of football outfit, thong, mankini, bikini outfit. <laughs> Quite and that's, and that's not the last time this episode we're going to see Ginny's arse. Arse. Yeah. Arse. Not ass. Not ass. Arse. A-R-S-E. Get into it, Americans. Uh, Okay, the next day, we're back in the work room. It's a new day. It's a new dawn. It's good to go. Now, there's something that I want to talk about here. I love the fact that half the queens have clocked on and they're like, I'm going to have a look for the daytime. And the other half of the queens are essentially wearing like, you know, those kind of t-shirts that you have at the bottom of your drawer that you wear like, you, do you know what I mean? Like, if you're like, oh shit, I've got nothing to, I'll just shove that on. No one's going to see me. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Some, some queens have done like 360 full concepts for their wardrobe on and off the main stage. Yeah. And some of them are truly like, listen, I might have to sit around and, you know, write a rap or something. I'm not going to do it in like a full look. Like, because like <laughs> Taste is wearing like, Taste is wearing like a full like espionage, like bondage, like sex kitten, like boy <laughs> look. Tace, Tace is dressed like Rhythm Nation, essentially, like one of Janet's yeah. dancers. Whereas, yeah, some of the others are just wearing their comfies. My favorite outfit, boy outfit, uh, when they you see it later when they're on the stage doing the rehearsals, is Ginny Lemon. She literally, we've, we've clocked this already, we called her a mad old art teacher. She literally looks like a mad old art teacher. Or your mad old aunt who's an art teacher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just Love draped it. in, she's, she's draped in so many different flowy fabrics. Like she's going to go around and just try and talk about art while no one in the class listens. <laughs> okay. So we're in the workroom. Um, Ginny and Lawrence are shading each other for recycling jokes. Oh yeah. They yeah. have like a, they have a very like building kind of quip off with each other. Don't they? Where they're like, Oh, each one of them is trying to put like the button on the end of the, the joke, uh, cascade that's happening but i think Ginny gets the last word in doesn't she i can't remember actually i'm surprised though because lawrence feels like he's always the one to like do the final blast of a voice although as we will see lawrence is definitely a little weaker in this episode and is you know i don't know feeling a little bit um a little bit like not poorly but just a little bit they're not on form you know what i mean yeah not firing on every single cylinder Mm. okay so who, meanwhile the, oh, what were you gonna say babes no i was gonna say who is it who is it that very rudely asks tea or coffee if she has better looks coming is it cherry i can't remember but i wouldn't be I think surprised i think it's cherry i think she's like tia oh, my accent for cherry valentine's is really bad <laughs> like because she actually let me try and get my cherry valentine she kind of has a bit of a voice like this she's like She's like, Tia, have you got any more, any, any different looks coming? Because they're kind of ready for your looks. Just so have you got any, any, any better looks coming? Oh, Tia. Tia and her looks. And also, Tia's just facial expressions throughout this episode. Just constantly, like, constantly tired and constantly like, all right. Doing that kind of face. She's, she's so funny. She's just like, she's just, I, I can't tell you the amount of times that I, open mouthed cackled at this episode about Tia. Even in that moment, she's just like, <laughs> she's like, oh yeah, you know, I've got some great stuff. And you can tell the fear in her eyes that she's just got crap. 
But you know, we'll get to it later. Like that runway yeah. look, and also the fact that she had that runway look made, and it was like it looked like I don't know, like it would have been dragged out of the the wardrobe department from my school when I was seven. Then Rue pops up on the screen and she has the message for the week, which is welcome to RuPaul's rat race. It's a dog eat dog world and you're going to need more than nine lives to survive. So get ready to chew up that scenery officially. And they're all like, Oh, what does it mean? What's going on? What does it mean? Thank goodness. Because Rue, thank goodness he pops up. Rue enters the workroom as per usual. And everyone's like, all those noises that they make. What they like. Um, talk me through Rue's outfit this week. Do you remember what it was? No. <laughs> Neither do I. That just says to me, Rue, do better. Do better in those boy outfits. That's really she awful says, of me. <laughs> Step your pussy up, Rue, with your boy outfits. <laughs> uh, oh, that's oh right. Oh, my gosh. Actually, that's how could we forget? It was a brown suit with a pussy bow. I mean, actually, <laughs> that pussy bow was entrancing. That was... That was beautiful. Pussy bow ties it into cats and rats. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Rue um, is introducing the mini challenge. Okay, so I'm going to speak. I'm going to talk through it, but I'm very interested in your take in this, Fraser. So, what they need to do is they need to flood his ballot box and elect <laughs> a drag race cabinet. So, um, one of the one of the guys comes out. One of the pit crew comes out. A different different guy from last week, um, and he holds a big box. And what they need to do is um, two at a time. They need to go up and they need to vote for different queens in different categories. One category is vote for the queen that best fits um, Secretary of Sh- Secretary of Shade is one yep. of them. Vote for the queen that is Trade Minister. So who's the trade <laughs> of the season? Vote for the leader of the House of Lording it up. They're, they said the cockiest and then Baroness basic. So they've got four different categories to vote, vote for. So <laughs> I thought this, I thought this is a, I thought this is a really funny mini challenge actually. It's uh cause it's smart because it's good in a reality sense of like getting the Queens to, you know, vote for people and have their opinions known about certain kind of aspects of people, of people's personalities. So it kind of, you know, from a, a dry TV perspective, uh, producer perspective, it like drives the kind of the story of it, which is really fun. But I really like the, it was just like so many, there's so many dumb like politics puns and sex puns based on politics and like hung parliament and all that kind of stuff that just yeah. made me laugh. And I thought I, also, that I just, yeah, I, I liked the, the cabinet position names, especially trade minister. That really made me laugh. I also really like this because sometimes we are always a bit unsure about what's been left in, you know, in the edit and what's ended up on screen and what's actually happened. So this is a really good moment to see kind of their collective thoughts. Do you know what I mean? And see how they actually all feel about each other. Um, So they take in turn to to vote. Um, There's a lot of flirting with the Brit crew there as well. Um, So, yeah, there's a moment here where Ahura yeah. says that she's already had Tace. Yeah, this is such a weird subplot that Tace is... <laughs> Ahura's really pushing this this storyline. Like, this is... She she does, like, two or three things in this episode where she's trying to, like, make, make Tace talk about it. And Tace is just kind of like, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, so she's like, I've already... She's like, I've already had her. 
And that, that's basically the, the common theme of this of this thing is that they basically all think Tace is the trade of the season, apart from Ginny Lemon, who thinks that it's sister sister. Who do you think is the the trade of the season? Well, I was split because I, I well, I think it's Tace because Tace is utterly stunning, but really is it Astina? And I don't like Astina, but is it? What do you think? Yeah, I feel like from a technical perspective, the trade of the season is either Tace or Astina for sure. They are like technically the hottest, but let me tell you who I like. And that's Veronica Green. Oh. <laughs> He's so cute. His little his little bow tie and braces and outfit. He's adorable. I, I, I think maybe I'm stretching it a little bit calling him trade of the season, but... I, I just, uh, he's just so cute. <laughs> he is. Also, we, we got to see his nipple piercings this week in the workroom. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not crazy about that, but hey, this podcast is not about my preferences of people's uh, body piercings. So, um, so yeah, so basically, so basically, Tace gets trade of the season, trade minister. Trade Tace. minister. Yes. Which Secret- I wondered, I thought, I thought that Astina was going to be uh, pissed off about that. I have to say, I thought there was going to be a moment there, but it didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Secretary of Shade uh, went to Ahura. <laughs> totally deserved. How do you feel? Mm. Of course, yeah. And it goes to show that they're not just driving that plot line for the show. <laughs> All the queens, she got that like basically unanimously. I think one person, they showed one person voting for, for Veronica, but everyone else, they showed them voting for Ahura. Um, then we had cockiest queen lawrence now i was Mm. confused about this because i for me in my head there's something very different between so the title is leader of the house of lording it up now lording it up for me is just being really loud and having an awesome time whereas cockiest is a different thing how how do you feel well i don't know for me lording it up is like someone who's Actually, I guess I agree with them because I was about to say it's someone who's showing off or loading up to me is actually someone who kind of thinks they're above everyone else, which is, oh. I guess, cocky as well. Yeah. Yeah. You've, if I you would, were like, oh, she was really, she was really loading it up over there thinking that she's special. Yeah, there we go. I just said it. That came out of my mouth naturally. I didn't even think about it. So I guess that must be how I've been using it. <laughs> so do you agree that it's Lawrence? Because I don't. I, I think maybe she's been she's been doing things that we're not seeing as well. I think, I think they, they're also, I guess it was shown in the first episode, you know, when she did a lot of side comments as people were coming in throughout the whole of that thing. And I think Mm. maybe as a viewer, that's very fun to watch, but I think maybe when you're with her, that is annoying because actually there's a couple of times in this episode where someone kind of shuts her down for being like, Oh yeah, I know we don't have time for your like monologue. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I hear you. Um, I because still in my head, cockiest queen is actually Astina. Yeah, I think I think so. I think I think as viewers, we might be getting that version of not not I'm not saying it's like an edit thing. I'm just saying I think we're they're also like blinded or deafened by Lawrence that they can't see that. I think I agree with you. I think it's Astina as well. Yeah. Meanwhile, the final uh, the final bit of voting it was for Baroness Basic, and it was Clapham's Clapham's own Fraser York. <laughs> my girl, my girl, tea or coffee. <laughs> she was so funny when she got this. She was just like, just so pissed off, but like not actually pissed off. She she knew she was gonna get that, like for sure. And she. <laughs> 
she's just like naturally very funny. Oh, I did. What did you think of the fact that she was coming for Ginny Lemon's uh, color scheme in the in the the boy look? Was she in like head to toe lemon yellow, wasn't she? Something like that. Why? Yeah, what did she, she say? Like, I can't even remember. No, 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 no one. She was just wearing like a full yellow outfit, and I just thought, oh, so another nod to. I know you like a queen in all yellow in the workroom. That's all. I just I like <laughs> a brand. You know how I feel about a brand. Once again, that Tia Coffee's in Ginny Lemon's brand for that look. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. the best the oh. best part of this all is that so Rue announces the maxi challenge. So they're going to be singing live in the next <laughs> West End smash hit rats the rusical um and you know and rue announces that their vocal coach is going to be michelle visage but then the absolute best part of this bit is he announces that baroness basic tia coffee herself gets to assign the roles and she she's like who thinks i'm basic now (laughs) (laughs) do not think tia tia is very like okay so she is baroness basic but she's basic in that way. In my head, there are two different types of basic. There's basic as in basic and just boring and kind of like run-of-the-mill average. You've got nothing outstanding about you. But she's basic, but in that really quirky way. In the same way that I would say your beloved Stacey Solomon is basic. So just to explain to our listeners out there, <laughs> Stacey Solomon was um, an X Factor contestant. Now she's on like the U- the UK equivalent of uh, the talk or the view. And she's very like, she's a real basic girl, but she's also so deeply quirky and fun. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, it's 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 how you could use basic as an insult or as a term of affection. There's, and, and you kind of almost can't, it, it's almost like the same word twice, but it's literally like, oh, she's so basic or like, oh my God, she's so basic, but like fun. Yeah it's totally there is a difference i get do you know what it is it's just you can be basic and have a sense of humor about it and that's what tia coffee is she like knows exactly what her brand is because she's been saying that right from the start that her outfits cost like five pounds like she knows that she's but, basic and she knows it's what i'm trying to say she, like that yeah, she's basic and she knows it but there's also every now and again she does she still has an element about her that she's not i don't think she realizes how charming she is for example last week with the alan turing outfit which was ludicrous it was so <laughs> awful but it was so deeply charming and i don't realize i don't think she realizes quite how charming it is I've seen so many good like gifs and memes of her typing on that fake air keyboard <laughs> this week. <laughs> right. Before we get into the rehearsal, let's go to a quick commercial break. Okay, we are back. It is episode two of Drag Race Season 2 UK. Babes, what's going on? Where are we? What are we doing? Well, babes, we're at one of the tensest and uh, kind of real drag race staple moments which is where one queen gets to assign the roles to a rusical or challenge to the other girls this is just classic drag race and it's so like delicious every time it happens so they all sit down and you know they're all kind of doing that thing where they have to listen to those i don't know those shot bought mp3 players that are from (laughs) you know that you know for a fact just to really translate this to the uk you know for a fact that some runner has gone out and bought them all from argos because they're cheap don't you think Bulk bought an Argos. They've, and they're like, but, but before you go to the Argos, just double check online to see if they've got them all in stock in that one branch before you well, go. Yeah. The last thing you want to do is go to the Argos in like Edgware Road or whatever. And then you're going to have to go to the other Argos in, you know, oh, Todd McCourt Road. Brent Cross. <laughs> um, the, where, what's, the, what's the US equivalent of Argos? Oh, uh, 
Target. No, it is mm. Target. I think it is Target. We've done this yeah. before. I'm pretty sure it's yeah. Target. <laughs> anyway, so we've yes. got Tia Coffee sitting in the middle because, of course, she has got the responsibility of assigning the roles. Um, she's sitting there with a big notebook, you know, just like in a pen, just, you know, going for it. Um, okay, and they all have to pitch for their roles in Rats the Rusical. So there's a moment here. Veronica, well, first of all, Veronica is really going for it. Like, she's adamant she wants the kind of... Um, the romantic lead, the kind of, it's almost like a Jessica rabbit type character that she's really going for. Um, And and I'm really proud of her here because she really like, she does not back down. Does she? No. And it's definitely, that's like her thing so far as I think there, she says it herself later on that they've kind of, she, she gets kind of discounted a lot and ignored a lot and overlooked a lot because she's kind of small and, quiet and not as out there as the rest of them but yeah she really holds her ground here i think there's i saw some some meme of um davina de campo from the first from season one of uk drag race and it was like a side by side comparing this similar moment where davina was talking about how she like choreographed thousands of shows and is like a lead vocalist in a blah 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 <laughs> they, they put it side by side with veronica here saying like uh, nice. i'm i've you know i've auditioned to be in wicked ten thousand times <laughs> <laughs> still with listeners we still do not know what role veronica for 10 years was trying to get in wicked we'll never know and that's absolutely fine so um at this moment yeah veronica's really going for it and she and cherry start clashing because they want the they both want the same role the the role of evita this vixen uh type character uh but veronica perseveres she fat she shows off her vocals she doesn't back down and she gets it and i say good yeah. for her and actually, Tia, in this bit, Tia kind of says in her interview that she she's like, oh, I could like screw everyone over, but she's like, I want this to be a good show. So I'm genuinely going to cast this like correctly, which is such a smart way to do it because this show is not like about, I mean, it, it is about seeing people fail <laughs> sometimes, but on the whole, Drag Race is meant to be a celebration. And I think I think to, to really like, handicap someone by giving them a role that they'd be terrible at is kind of very very like early seasons of drag race where you know when that was part of the storyline but now i feel like especially the way that they these rusicals and these like big dance numbers and stuff they've really gone up in like production value so i think they actually everyone involved wants it to be a good show and mm-hmm. then you know the people who are slightly weaker can show it but i don't know do you see what i mean it's like yeah. you don't want to bring the whole show down which i think is a really well, smart move well ultimately you want it, you want your season of drag race to be good don't you so like the the clip of rats the rusical you want people to watch it and enjoy it and share it and all that kind of stuff so um yeah i, yeah, I never never forget that. the season seven shakespeare challenge where rue literally screamed at everyone involved that they were like the worst people she'd ever seen it was really bad anyway anyway okay here we've also got um astina she gets the lead role of jane and it's interesting it's the lead role because honestly other than the fact that she was dressed all in white and the others weren't I, i i find her final performance not very memorable it must be said yeah it's not it's not a very good part it's not funny she had yeah, yeah. she had like zero jokes. She was the straight man to every every other person's characters. Basically, yeah. it's a really bad role. Um, then we had uh, the role of Dame Doody Stench, um, <laughs> and that went to Ginny Lemon. Was it Doody? 
Was it Judy Stench? It was. It was Dame Judy Stench. Yes, it was. Judy's not. Judy's not really a word in the UK. <laughs> no, it definitely was though. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just such a funny, such a stupid, stupid joke, and it like couldn't be more obvious that that was going to be Ginny's part. Like, imagine her doing any other role. She, yeah, the only other role she could have done is the uh, the one that Bimini got. Bimini and Ahura did. Or or the one that. Um, uh, the one that uh, our our basic gal Fraser York got with the ear on the back. Oh no! Yeah, I guess, but I don't know. I don't think she could have pulled off the the like. I feel like Tia brought a bit. Anyway, we'll, we'll get to that when we when we get when we get to that moment. Let's not. Yeah. So Dame Judy Sench, that yet. part that part goes to Ginny Lemon. Um, then we have uh, the role of uh, depravity, depravity or depravity. How do we pronounce that? Depravity. depravity depravity that went to bimini and um, she wanted like a non-singing role so this ended up was this a, this was a rapping role wasn't it uh yeah this is i think i think no no no. the rapping one was um taste and ellie diamond was meant to be the more like hip-hop rap element i think this part was like punk depravity and uh, dysentery the, the two like punky That's punky right. rats i think That's she knew right. she knew she could do like a very unhinged basically shouting which is what she did really amazingly that's what i'm thinking because it wasn't actually singing in the end was it what she was doing anyway so that was yeah bimini uh got depravity and ahura got dysentery so yeah they were they were quite the twosome together and ahura Um, wasn't happy about getting dysentery (laughs) to use to say a great statement because then they try and because then they cut to that in the interview where she's just like and i'm dysentery and the producer's like do you know what dysentery is? And she's like, it's diarrhea. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that really made me laugh. Because I think I think maybe the producer was like, oh, she's young. Maybe we're going to get one of those fun reactions where she's like, I don't know. What's dysentery? Like, is it, is it like a jewelry? But she's like, I know what it is. It's diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's shit. It's fucking shit. I know what it is. Um, <laughs> then we had um, Ellie. Now, she showed off her dip here. How did you, how did you feel about this? <laughs> this was very funny so yeah this is basically she's she's pushing for this role with uh, the 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 other role with taste which is the kind of like i think it's it's kind of a hip-hop and a bit of ballroom like voguing kind of scene characters doing the dips and the the floats and the swoops or whatever you call them so she's like she's like oh no i can do that and i think maybe she's got this kind of image as a look queen but not you know, because she's so tall and she's so like broad as well that she's she's a big girl. Not like we're not body shaming. It's more as you say, she's like six foot a gazillion and is just yeah. a very like big human being. Yeah, it's it's quite like they're like not very like ready to think that, to think that she could pull it off. And I thought she did a great job. She did like a duck walk and then yeah, did a um, death drop or like shablam as they call it in the the ballroom scene. <laughs> And yes, fair enough, she went down hard, but that's because she's like, yeah, six foot eight. And like, you know, she's a solid, a solid meaty gal. And then the other girls, <laughs> Tay says that she went down like a sack of spuds. <laughs> I loved, I also, real shout out to what Ellie was wearing here. Just wearing some jeans doing this as well. Jeans and a t-shirt. Ellie's a classic example of someone who pays no attention to her her like workroom look. She's like, I just wear jeans and a top. So like her no. waddling along and then just like collapsing to the ground with a bang was pretty spectacular. I want to know if if the term sack of spuds is, is definitely not a, a term in the US. It's very, it's a very British term, which is what it means is a sack of potatoes. And it's basically just, yeah, 
it's a really quite a rude way to describe someone falling over, sitting down, whatever it is. Oh, she went down like a sack of spuds. <laughs> do, you remember, do you ever remember those two little girls years ago in Ellen, Sophia Grace and Rosie? Do you remember them? <laughs> so there was one episode where um, they got to meet Rihanna. And as soon as Rihanna met them, she um, she picked them up and like, lifted them into the air. And it was like really fun. So they get back to this, like they're watching that on the monitor and they get back to the studio. And um, Sophia Grace is just saying, yeah, like a sack of spuds. And they're like, what? What you're saying? She's like, oh yeah, sack of spuds. I'm like what? And, El- and and Sophia Grace says, well yeah, I knew I knew Rihanna was going to be able to pick up Rosie, but I was really surprised she could pick up me because I weigh like a sack of spuds. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Very endearing. Anyway, and the role of Scat Rat goes to Tace. Yeah, and Scabies to Ellie Diamond. So that's the duo, the kind of that's voguing the duo. duo. Yes. Okay, then we have this trio, this rat pack. Um, who, I have to say, who would ever want these roles? Who would ever want to be like as part of a trio where you're all kind of doing the same thing? Yeah, this is this is a, a classic kind of rusical group number thing. There's always this little collection of roles that are like the worst. Just I'm trying to think of a, another rusical example. Oh, it's season six when they do. Um, Hang on. It's season six, yeah, where they do Shade the Rusical. I think that's season six. And there's there's like a – yes, that is. And there's this, like, trio of – oh, God, I can't remember anyone's names. It's, it's fine, babes. You oh, don't need to remember the back. names. Yeah, it's just let that gin. Let that gin do the work. Let that gin massage your brain. Come on. You just say the words, babes. You're all good. <laughs> Um, anyway, there's just I, th- I think there's always a a slight a, like a collection of dud roles in these rusicals, and they do often group them together. So it's kind of not a great sign for sister sister and Cherry to be in yeah. that kind of, especially because I feel like maybe they might be a bit more vulnerable. But to have Lawrence in that group is you know, but that's because Lawrence herself in the you know when they're assigning the roles, she's like I I'm really uncomfortable. She looks really yeah. like drawn and not happy in this moment well considering at the beginning of the episode she gets awarded like the role of lording it up and then in this scene she's just very very quiet and they're all like hey lawrence you haven't said anything why are you not speaking up and it's just sort of sitting at the corner of the sofa um yeah and just says this is not his world he's very uncomfortable um and he hates he hates um when he's not good at something, he hates having to do something he's just not good at. Um, yeah. So that's why sister, sister and cherry, who unfortunately are starting to appear as duds, I would say um, that's why Lawrence ends up with them. However, and I know I just said, I wouldn't want a role as part of a trio, but strategy wise, you could take one of the trio roles and then you could completely outperform and, and like, you know, do much better than the other two. Do you know what I mean? Really show them yeah. up. Yeah, it's it's been done before, but it's a it's definitely a harder challenge. Yeah. And then um, uh, my girl Tia, my my sister sister herself, Tia, <laughs> the Tia to my Tamara, she gives herself <laughs> um, she gives herself specimen one, which is a big singing role, but she knows that she's taking a risk because specimen one does not have a lot of stage time. It's a character yeah. that comes off off and on, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. So, should we do a bit of vocal coaching chat with old yeah. Mish? I'm gonna just I'm just gonna pop on my um my Union Jack British flag shoes for this. 
don't know if you saw what Michelle was wearing. I didn't. I didn't notice that she was wearing Union Jack shoes. She had like little those kind of like very nineties slip on um, Union Jack uh, British flag shoes that expose the the toe and have us like a chunky heel at the back. Do you know what I mean? Just oh. slide them on. I have no idea what you're describing, but it sounds hot. <laughs> it's beautiful, beautiful. Um, yeah, so we are now doing some vocal coaching. We've got Michelle and her personal vocal coach, Dane Chalfin. Now, Dane, where's he Where's he come from? What's going on with him? I don't know, because I, I was like, oh, so he's British. But then when he spoke, he sounded American. I, but then I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't place him in space or time or, or, or country, geographically or anything. Yeah, I, I was thinking that hint, a hint of the Australians about him. Mm. Well, that is the number one country that I am assumed that, that people assume I'm from in America because my accent is so fucked that do they, do when they I'm say Australia. Yeah, when I'm on the phone with people for work, it, it, it is fucked. It's because I speak completely differently, so people understand me, and then I, they're like, I, "Oh, like what part of Australia are you from?" And I'm just like, "Ugh, Byron Bay." I don't know. <laughs> I've had I've had Irish. I've had um, European, just in general, European. Yeah, the country of Europe. German. I've had Australian. And I've had um, just the female sex as well. Oh, perfect. Oh, I've had South African as well. Oh, South African. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're in this vocal coaching sesh. Um, so Michelle is telling the Rat Pack, that's the trio, not to be nervous because she's really picking up on that. Um, like the first notes they sing, they're all kind of like yeah. standing there a bit kind of very stiff, aren't they? Yeah, well, I think I think Sister Sister is maybe the strongest of this trio in terms of like, she she seems the least nervous out of all three of them. It's, it's definitely Lawrence and Chere that seem like they're completely like, completely to use a uk term bricking it which means yeah. being nervous <laughs> Brick, bricking it well no bricking it means shitting it or shitting bricks yes <laughs> and then uh we have bimini and ahora doing whatever their characters are called uh diarrhea and no dysentery and something else <laughs> Uh, and then basically Michelle's just like Bimini comes out and just is like and Michelle's like no notes fine (laughs) (laughs) and then yeah she she says Ahura's definitely holding back and you can tell she is she's Ahura's got that maybe that slightly like more of the more of kind of a look girl thing of not being willing to look like a fool yeah a little bit and you can tell she's a little she's especially next to Bimini who's not afraid to like look completely insane and kind of like unhinged whereas she's still like trying to be a little bit more like pulled together yeah, she's she's definitely got an, a higher, well, not higher, but she's got a high opinion of herself, and I agree, she's definitely not willing to to step out of being that look queen. It's hard though performing beside Bimini. I would have, I mean, you almost want to go the complete opposite of what Bimini's doing to stand out. Do you know what I mean? Because you're never going to be able to compete with Bimini in the sort of, I don't know, just ridiculousness. Yeah, no, totally. And it's, you also have to like factor in the fact that at this point they have had, they're just like clutching those sheets of paper with the lyrics on it. Like they, they make them move quick in these bits. And there's definitely a lot of rehearsal that happens off camera after all of this, where they actually learn stuff properly. So I, you know, you always, you have to take these, these like vocal coaching and and choreography things with a huge, like fistful of salt. Uh, Mm. So 
Um, next up, we have this kind of strange duet between Astina and Veronica, which to me, I don't know if you felt like this in rehearsal. I didn't understand what their dynamic was at all. It made no sense. But then when you're actually watching it, I was like, oh, okay, it makes sense now. Yes, but I, but but frankly, all I cared about and all I wanted to look at was Veronica because yeah. Veronica, th- this is her moment. So I, I was just like, actually, Estina, just go stand at the side because we all want to <laughs> just enjoy Veronica in her full glory. <laughs> yeah, she does, she does her high octave note, which I'm assuming even though I know she wasn't singing the song from Wicked, where Michelle was like, oh, can you give us a high octave? And she was like, (laughs) Have you actually ever seen Wicked? Nope. (laughs) Not a frame, but I do know the song Defying Gravity and that one moment. (laughs) Also, I love how you said, not a frame. It's not a movie. It's only ever been on stage. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Why haven't they made it into a movie? Anyway, who cares? I won't watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So uh, then we have uh, Tia come out. Um, And yeah, as you said before, they emphasize the fact, look, Tia, you're only going to be on stage for a moment. You're not going to be on stage for very long. So you've really got to use that moment. You've got to steal the show. And we didn't really get much of a feel of Tia here. So I would... they They were kind of keeping that they were keeping that under their under their hat because they kind of were like, well, you know, she was good. So they didn't need to like, they made a little bit of something of it, but yeah, I feel, I feel like if she'd been shit, they would have made a way bigger deal of that moment. Yeah. Which is good because it meant that when she does finally come out in the challenge, you're like, oh, wow, you are great. Um, and yeah, it was, it was far more enjoyable. Um, we also had Tace here. Uh, Tace is just being told that she needs to enunciate more. Now, do you feel like this was a Welsh thing or just a taste thing? Taste has, I think it's a bit of a both thing because taste has such an intense energy to her, particularly when she's performing here, that she sort of, she sort of, I don't know, kind of spits out the words and it's so, got so much energy, wants to get to the next one. So I think it's a bit of everything. What do you think? Yeah, no, no, you're you're completely right. It's definitely Welsh plus intensity. <laughs> it's Welsh intensity for sure. Welsh intensity. That could be the name of her fragrance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, shall we do some choreography with uh, Mr. J. Revel, like like the chocolates, and Kieran Daly Ward? Now we need to talk about Miss J, this choreographer, because. Yeah. She was now to hmm, maybe I'm being well, this is an insult and a compliment. So she was <laughs> why am I beating around the bush with this? What I'm trying to say is she was basic and extremely hot. Yes. Yes. In the, in the same right, okay, this is good because we're really breaking down the definition of basic. Because our girl Tia is very basic. But she doesn't have the hotness. But this this old dancey dancey gay has the basicness, but has the hotness. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I just was like, I was like, he's hot. I totally would. And then you you know, let's let's be completely honest. Sometimes if I'm being mean about someone who's hot, it's because I know they wouldn't want to have sex with me. So let's move it on right now. Okay, so. 
I'm actually just reaching out to the, to them on Instagram right now and sending them a picture of you and just seeing if they would have sex with you. Great. That's so fun. Thank you so much. What a lovely time for my self-esteem, especially during the pandemic. What a great time. Anyway, I'm, so- I'm sending the pictures of uh, of you eating in and out uh, from the other day. I'm just out there, listeners, if you do want to listen to our latest episode of Your Welcome America, our topics this week were in and out and uh, Elizabeth Hurley. And uh, there are some lovely pictures and footage of Fraser and I eating burgers in a car, in a parking lot, by a freeway. So get excited about that. Okay. What's going on in the choreography, babes? <laughs> <laughs> so uh jay jay wants a horror to be kind of more aggressive with the choreography but she's she's holding back and i think she kind of says it she's like she's like oh you know i'm just not not in the zone right now doing it so that's why i'm not performing out properly and that's like a huge another kind of drag race thing of some girls just aren't willing to truly go for it in rehearsal and it's like a a, a kind of a trope on the show whether and doesn't usually work out well for the girl that's doing it but sometimes in the cases of, say, your yeah, Tyra back in the day, she used to be like, I'm not doing any of this. And then she was really good in the actual challenges. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. And then Lawrence is, this is, this is tough. Yeah. So here, so Lawrence, Lawrence, Lawrence starts to get very watery eyed and is sort of standing at the side and is saying like, oh, can I just go, I just want to go double, t- oh my God, it's that classic thing of trying to buy time, isn't it? I'm just gonna, can I just go double oh, check God. my words? One second. I felt, so uh, like, I, I felt like such a deep panic in that moment. You know that, you know, oh. when you're so nervous that you try and read something and you can't read. Have you ever had yeah. that? Where like you yeah. can't you lose the ability to read. You're like, oh, I'm just going to check this over. And you're like looking at it, but there's, you can't see the words because you're so scared. That's what I felt in that moment. And it's like, and you're standing there looking at the words and you're like, right, I can't read this. Um, but everyone knows I'm reading this. I wonder how long I can get away. Uh, what, what's like the feasibly like, okay, amount of time for me to pretend to read because I'm really nervous. Um, so then he trots, he doesn't trot back. He sort of limps back and he just gets starts, starts to get very teary eyed. And I think this is the moment he says he hates, he just hates doing things that he's not good at. Something along the lines of that. Yeah. I Listen, I've said that many times about bowling. Like, <laughs> I hate bowling because it's not fun. Everyone's like, oh, we'll go bowling. It's so fun. It's not fun because I'm not very good at it. So I'm with okay. Lawrence on that. Okay. I'm going to pitch a bowling scenario that I think would be fun. How about we went to um, a bowling alley that was also a nightclub at the same time? Okay. So it was just like flashing lights everywhere and people are drinking drinks, just chucking balls everywhere. But the music's really, really good. And it gets really raucous. You all end up like dancing down the lanes. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I feel great about that. Like, let's do that. Like, when yeah. can we do that? Where? Also, fun fact, one of my friends in Scotland when we were kids, I say kids, we were 18, he once um, decided, you know, when you like trade in your shoes to get the bowling alley shoes, mm. he decided that the bowling alley shoes were better than his shoes. So he left his shoes there and then he had this bowling alley pair of shoes and he'd wear them on nights out to clubs. No grip. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you're going to go down hard in a bowling <laughs> shoe in like a nightclub. That is... <laughs> That is really rough. Slippy. So Lawrence here, yeah, he has a bit of a breakdown um, and everyone really feels for him. Um, there's no one being, there's no one being really bitchy about it. Everyone's like, oh God, I hope you're, you know, you've got it. They all support, they cheer. I mean, there is a one quick interview moment where Tay says, you know, crying already. You know, It's only episode two or something along the, along the lines of that, but it's more of a joke. Yeah. Um, I thought the, so, yeah. the choreographer, I thought the choreographer was really nice in this moment. 
because he basically he's he's like it's he's like it's just singing and dancing it's meant to be like happy and joyous like it's fun and i feel like that was the right thing to do because it's such like a it could be so obvious just to be like oh get it together you know be play the mean the mean kind of choreographer role and i actually feel like i thought that was really sweet it felt like a genuine moment also the word choreographer is really hard to say when you've been sipping on a large 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 gin and tonic this whole time sipping on a gin also i mean you Co- you would you would think that the choreographer played it right here because you want to have sex with them. Am I wrong though? <laughs> no, no, you're not. So <laughs> we get over Lawrence's, uh, Lawrence's drums. Um, Ginny here is frustrated because she's forgetting the words. Um, also, but the thing is with Ginny, it's like, Ginny, you don't need any words. You just need to make noises and grunts and do your Ginny thing. Don't worry about it, babes. That's but how she, I feel. She does, she doesn't do the words of the challenge, and no one. That's my point. Michelle noticed it didn't matter. That's my point. <laughs> um, then Veronica, um, she is. Oh, she has this great moment where she's wearing her heels and sort of like standing legs apart in like a V shape, and just like looking over her shoulder. She's just. She really. She's really wonderful here. Yeah, that was great because that's also the first time you see her that's one of the things I love when they do rehearsals on the main stage is some of the Queens come out in like shorts. Sometimes they do short shorts and, you know, heels, some of them do, some of them don't. And it was really interesting to see that difference. You know, it was like seeing her half in drag and half out of drag. It was just, I don't know. It was fascinating. She looked like the little kind of nerd. It was like, Oh, okay. You're in Veronica mode. It was fascinating to see. As soon as she pops on those heels and steps up into that stage, she's like, yeah, she's becoming someone else. Um, I think we get one of the interviews here. Veronica says that she sees herself as the winner, which, you know, saying that, really setting yourself up for failure. But yeah, I thought that was a, I thought that was that was a real good red herring, actually, on there. Kudos yeah. to you, editors. Meanwhile, Cherry is saying that Lawrence's two left hands, two left feet, it's just left. Classic Cherry. <laughs> That's classic Chez of me. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. Anything else to note from that scene? No, that's it, really. I want to have sex with that choreographer. If everyone could try and make that happen and will that into existence. Thank you very much. Right, should we do Maxi Challenge? This is kind of getting ready for the Maxi Challenge. Um, We have this very strange moment where, you know, Taste is kind of getting ready, like just moving some bits around, you know rifling through like a makeup case and a horror slinks over and is sitting on like a stool and she's just like oh how did it feel to get like you know trade uh, trade of the season <laughs> and you know taste is just like oh yeah that was great oh, oh i wasn't expecting that oh that's great and then a horror is just like oh you know well i voted for you and she's like oh and taste is like oh i voted for you and then she's like well you know we have been there before Taste is literally like, okay, let's move on. Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh. What, 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 what do we think happened? Do we think like a full on, you know what? Or do we think just maybe a little bit of like, I don't, I, I think it's full on. I think they've, I think they've, they've full on. Ooh. Interesting. Well, fair enough. I can see, I can see a hazy, a hazy night in London after a, after a gig, just, you know, things, things are what they are, aren't they? An after party at at heaven nightclub. I don't know. I also, (laughs) I also think that Ahura is overly confident and okay. 
Now, just broadly speaking, I think Tace Uh-oh. is one of the most beautiful creatures of all time. Ahura is not on a similar playing field, potentially um, aesthetically. But I think Ahura has the overconfidence to get anyone she wants. Absolutely. It's, and that's it's, a compliment. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I see what you're saying. Well, she's young and yeah, totally. It's, she's just like, yeah, whatever, I can do what I want. Okay, so meanwhile, uh, in the workroom, we've got some mirror moments. So uh, Cherry and Sister Sister, they're beside each other and they're having a good old chin wag. Is that a phrase in America? Hey, chin wag? Definitely not. <laughs> just a chat. I thought it's just like a, a meaty chat, a chin wag. I thought that um, the way they got into this little mirror chat was really sweet, where they were just like, I, I can't remember who, which one said it to the other, but they were like, oh, I'm glad you're here. They're like, oh, I'm glad you're here. They're like sitting, and they kept kind of, I don't know if you noticed, they kept kind of elbowing each other during this chat, like like affectionately like touching elbows as they were doing their makeup. I just, it seemed like a really sweet, they seemed like they genuinely were, were enjoying each other's company, even though right at the beginning of their conversation, sister, sister's like, where are you from? (laughs) (laughs) What's your, what's your name again? Just remind me. (laughs) She's like, Oh, is it strawberry Halloween? (laughs) Oh no. Cherry Valentine. Um, That was really hard to think of in the moment. (laughs) I'm going to say congrats for that really rough joke. Um, Okay. Question for you. So we properly get into Cherry's uh, background here and upbringing. Now, as we full well know, Cherry ends up going at the end of the episode. How did the producer, because often at the mirror moments, if someone is having like a really big mirror moment, you kind of know that they're probably going to be the one to go at the end of the episode because it's like, oh, we want to get their backstory out. You know what I mean? So how did the producers make sure that we get Cherry's backstory here, but also Cherry goes at the end of the episode? Do you know what I mean? How does that all sync up? I don't know. I feel like there's, I feel like there maybe there's like a general predictions list in people's minds and they, that's maybe discussed behind the scenes that they're like, oh, we think, probably her and maybe her so let's make sure that she talks about this today Mm, okay like it makes sense at the beginning like you can kind of you can kind of tell which way the wind is blowing maybe but anyway uh this this is a very sweet moment yeah what are they talking about so basically cherry opens up to the fact that opens up about the fact that she is from a traveler uh community she so she grew up in the traveling community uh, you know, at this point, sister says, can I say gypsy? And she's like, yeah, I don't care. But I'm pretty sure that you're still not really meant to say that. And, um, you know, the the important thing about being from the traveler community is that it still has, as, as Cherry herself said, an incredibly toxic masculinity kind of culture. Like the men are men and the women are women in the traveler community. And it is yes. not, you know, there's, there's other people that have, have kind of left the community after they've come out and said the exact same thing, you know, coming out as gay. It's just not they're very deeply religious and incredibly like patriarchal and, and yeah, just sticking to all of the gender roles. So, and I, I thought this was really, this was really sweet and touching. And, and I, like in the interview when she was crying about it, it was just, you know, she was like, Oh, I'm, I still can't even really confidently now say like, I'm gay. And I don't know. I, I remember very early days of coming out feeling like that. I just can't imagine feeling like that, at, you know, in my twenties when I'd had enough time to kind of, know who i am you know yeah this this was a very interesting moment because i don't know if we've had 
Well, definitely not in the UK series before a traveler queen, essentially. And you're right. It is from a very specific world with very defined gender roles. And Cherry here also says the woman in his family loves them, get on so well. They're so glamorous. They wear shoulder pads. He has a great time with them. But the men, in fact, I think he says that he hasn't even told well, I think Sister Sister here asks, oh, do your family know that you do drag? And he's like, well, not really. And then I think he says that his dad doesn't even know he's gay. Am I right in thinking that? Yeah. 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 It's, it's, I guess it's that thing, like, he just hasn't said it. Yeah. On uh, on a lighter note, who is your favorite uh, favorite celebrity who's a traveler? Oh, um. I don't, oh, I don't know who. Uh, Gentina. Oh, oh, I was going to say, oh no, I shouldn't say that because I don't actually think she is. Okay. Let me just talk about Gentina real quick. Do you remember her? <laughs> I do remember Gentina. Okay. Gentina, forgotten pop goddess. She had a, a song called French Kisses and she also had a song called, oh my God, what was the other one she had? Badass Stripper. Do you remember that? do all i can remember about that first song was that it's very there's lots of things it sounded like someone was playing like the cowbells or like hitting lots of pots and pans there was a real pots and pans noise to it yeah oh love gentina <laughs> and, and then in later years she um she hosted uh, a show called travelers got talent perfect fun fact lovely <laughs> shall we put our finger on one of those electric knobs and turn up the lights and go to the main stage Dun, dun. Dun, dun. I have to say, just in a, this is just such a dumb thing to say, but this little transition moment still, after watching this show for 5,000 years, still gives me like a little thrill of excitement where it's like, dun, 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 dun. I think it's just, you know, good on them for keeping that little format it, it, well, point. It leans into that classic thing of uh, getting ready for the stage. The stage is ready. Oh, the show's about to start. <laughs> so let's talk about Rue's outfit. I loved this look. I love when she does an unexpected leg. Yeah. Pretty, pretty cool. Because, you know, Rue, she, she's not a child, but this was, this was youthful, hip. This was, and she looked awesome. Loved it. But also weirdly age appropriate at the same time. Yeah. But I guess maybe she's, do you know who I was thinking of in this outfit for some reason was Tina Turner. I was thinking about how- Someone like Tina Turner could just, she could wear something like this. And you're like, you're like, yeah, you look like sexy and daring, but you don't look like you're not age appropriate, but you also are wearing something a young person would wear. I feel like yeah. some people can just do, do whatever they want. And yeah, she's in that, she's in that camp. And then, yeah. uh, so she, she's introducing the judges. So this, this time Alan Carr is back. My beloved Alan Carr. Michelle Visage. Yeah. Michelle Visage is back. And then the guest judge is Sheridan Smith. Right. Do you want to explain who she is? Okay, I think I've worked it out. Okay, so Sheridan Smith is a beloved um, musical performer in the UK. So say, for example, if there is a big new musical, particularly if it's like a comedy musical, comes to London, she might often be the original cast. Um, I think that her US equivalent would be a Jane Krakowski. She's very much that vein like very talented but also very funny quite goofy she sometimes does 
very serious dramatic roles in like a limited series and then we'll like yeah. win awards and get critical acclaim she's also sort of the person that in say like three years someone if we managed to like look into the future to three years and we saw that for some reason sheridan smith had won an oscar you might be like yeah i could see that yeah, she's 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 like a more fun, down to earth version of like Kristen Chenoweth as well. Do you know what I mean? That very like yes. musical, that's musical, what, but also lovely. That's why I was thinking of more a Jane Krakowski. Yeah, yeah. And actually, this is just real quick. I saw a really funny uh, meme of. Do you remember in Keeping Up Appearances, the British oh. classic sitcom? I forgot oh, that day. Hyacinth. I forgot that Hyacinth Bouquet's son was called Sheridan. And that she, you never, you never get to see him. She talks to him on the phone. So there's this really good uh, meme of Hyacinth Bouquet on the phone, and it basically said, "This week's Drag Race UK," you know, calling the calling the judge, and it was just her on the phone. It just said Sheridan. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. And then they announced that the um, this this category for the runway is surprise, surprise. But let's get okay. into that after the musical. Okay. Oh God, I'm so, I'm, I'm so excited about getting into that. Okay, now we've got Rats the Rusical live. Question for you, Fraser: Live singing. Is this yeah. does this happen before? Yes, but it's not as uh, it's not as uh, well. Actually, there was a, a period of time where the the challenges were all lip sync challenges, and then they introduced live vocals at some point. And actually, this says this is pretty normal for a musical. Okay. Kind of half and half, I think. Okay. Seasoned racer that you are. Thank you for your knowledge. (laughs) Okay. So, okay. This is a meaty, long performance. This is like, you've gone to your, you've gone to your town hall to see Rats the Rusical. And I tell you what, it's not a, it's not a 20 minute show. It's an hour and a half, two intervals. Cause this, (laughs) this went on, I will say. So we've got, um, Astina, who is playing the sort of lead character, and she somersaults out all in white. Although, did she have a stain on her top? I don't know. Also, was she meant to be a cat? I have no clue. Once again, I, I will say that I, she in this and her character, I just was like, can you just move? I want to just see the others. Was not interested in her. But was she was she a cat or was she a white mouse? And every, I so don't she's know. a mouse and everyone else is a rat. I don't know. Pet Mouse, oh. Brie, producer, producer Bree's just Producer Bree live has tapped away on our Google shared doc and said, Pet Mouse. Wow. Sure. I thought she looked like a cat. So I'm saying, bad job, Estina. <laughs> I didn't. I, yeah, I just wanted her off the stage. Okay. Then we have uh, Tace and Ellie, and they missed their line on RuPaul's Rat Race. Do they both miss their lines? Just one of them? Remind me. Was Ellie truly missed it and taste missed it by like a hair. So like it, it was a very clunky moment. It was like double clunk, but Ellie, Ellie clunked it way worse. Like she yeah. just was like, just not her mouth was open and nothing was coming out of it. Yeah. Um, I felt like their, their whole thing was a bit clunky. Like when it was good, it was good. And when it was bad, it was bad. That's how I felt about the two of them. It wasn't a disaster. I felt with them, Tace was doing just a much better job and Ellie was left in the shadows. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I, d- I don't disagree with that. Yeah, you're kind of right, actually. Okay. <laughs> then we had the trio of the Rat Packs. We've got Sister Sister, Cherry and Lawrence. Um, they were kind of like 
a little trio i kept actually it's a little bit like in little shop of horrors you know like the trio of women it's that sort of like greek chorus type situation thing going on how dare you even compare that to the glory of little shop of horrors but yes i see what you're saying um now the three of them fine here's the thing i actually thought that lawrence yeah lawrence was holding back and was nervous but I still got like a the good kind of fun essence of Lawrence. And actually I thought that because he was doing a slightly different job to the other two, he was standing out. See, I actually thought sister sister was good. I thought she was great in this. She just, it was just, a, it's just a really, those parts were shit, yeah. but she was, she was like really going for it. And I feel like maybe she was at her like absolute peak performance. And I'm not saying that as a compliment or an insult. It's kind of like, I think this is, she was giving all that she can. Okay, maybe maybe I was just so nervous about my hometown girl, Lawrence, that I couldn't stop looking at her. <laughs> she was still good. Even when she's giving 50%, she's still, she was still the shining star of that trio. That's, you, can't, you can't deny it. I, then, I um, want her just to lean into more of being like a pantomime dame. That's, yeah. kind, of what she, that's kind of what she was. Um, quick reference point for US listeners. In the UK, we have pantomimes like every year. You'd have like Cinderella or Jack of the Beanstalk live on stage. And it's like a big family affair. And they always have drag queens. It's been just, it's been going on for like a million years, but it's family fun. Anyway, she had that sort of like air to her, the way she was yeah. moving and what Lawrence was doing. Um, Ginny, <laughs> Ginny introduces <laughs> a horror's character as diphtheria instead of dysentery, and Michelle openly laughs at her, like from the audience. Yeah. Do you know what? It's funny. It's a funny mistake to make. So even though she fucked up, it was good. Yeah, totally fine. I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. Then we had Bimini and Hora. Um, they are sort of doing. I mean, they're well. Bimini in particular is going for it. And as, as you were doing your impression, I was like, whoa, bleh, 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 bleh. we're the rats from down the sewer. If I was here, we dip theory or dysentery. <laughs> oh, I really have to contort my face to do that impression of Bimini. It's quite something. Beautiful. She's um, great though. Like she's just like, she's, this is, she's, this, she's made for this part. It's like absolutely leaning into the fact that it's not a singing thing. It was like, and the way she was like stamped, do you, remember, do you see when she was like stamping her foot with in that massive, like huge high heel? Yeah. And like, I don't very like, aggressive, but very well done. And in, in comparison, it made a horror kind of not look as good, but she still was, she was still good because she did that, that classic drag race thing of, or drag thing of doing kind of a high, quite a high voice and then like going into mad voice. That's right. Which is she funny. Did. Yeah, so actually, she wasn't she wasn't so afraid of being unattractive. Essentially, yeah, um, I, I, she, did, she did a good job. Okay, then we had Veronica and Estina. So this is, I mean, this is for me was the real peak of the musical. Veronica slithers out and is just wearing a sort of like like a nightgown almost, isn't she? On top, yeah. and um, she's very the female gremlin meets Jessica rabbit in the way that she's moving around on stage. She's absolutely going for it. I do not remember what Astina is doing at this bit at all. Cause I could not keep my eyes off Veronica. (laughs) Well, she was literally on like on the floor at the front of the stage, like hidden away, just like basically it's like a kind of call and response thing, this little sexy song. And Astina was almost, almost completely in the dark, just like giving the response to, to make Veronica shine. And she basically gets up on a pole and does this like sexy over the shoulder. Like, Oh, it was just, 
gorgeous. It was and gorgeous. The, right, there was a real awesome reveal bit where she sort of like pops her her um her robe open and she's got um what's she got hanging from her nipples is it mice or like rats? tiny rats she had little tiny rats hanging from her teats loved it she <laughs> also maybe rats going away at her that great that great kind of like I don't know, like real showgirl thing of when she like popped open, she did like the biggest facial expression. So it makes the movement seem even bigger. Do you know what I mean? So it like forces you when you're watching to react in the same way. She's just a performer. Yeah. It was a real, like a real star turn from someone who we had high hopes for, especially because we knew she's basically from the musical Wicked, but like (laughs) to see it actually happen was very satisfying. If you like, then we had your girl Tia. Now, Tia, um, the real crescendo of the musical piece, limps out, um, and she's got like a big sheet of material over her back, and she's singing. She's actually really, her singing's pretty good, I thought. Um, And she's really going, she's dressed as a lab rat, and she reveals that she's got a giant ear, human ear, on on her back. Yeah, this is a that's the classic story, isn't it, of scientists growing? Isn't it like growing a human ear on a, a rat's back? Um, and well, you should check out my TED talk all about science that I've done, where I go oh. into all those things and more. Bunsen burners, conical flask, you betcha. <laughs> Saki, Saki bastard, to use a real British term. You fucking Saki bastard. All right then, Saki. What what's up next? uh then we also have uh well at, right at the very very end um ahora and bimini poison all the other rats with now shout out to the props department a beautiful beautiful box of rat poison which they've bedazzled very sparkly so ahora and bimini they poison all the other rats but then it seems they've poisoned themselves as well so essentially they all die <laughs> and that was the curtains on rats the rusical okay we now have all the looks to go through. And the category is surprise, surprise. <laughs> now, this is <laughs> this is a direct reference to uh, UK legend uh, TV host and uh, musical star, was she? Scylla Black, yep. who, was, who hosted a TV show called Surprise, Surprise. And Sheridan Smith played Scylla Black in the TV miniseries about her life. Did there you know you that? I did know that. So Fun surprise, connection. surprise, the TV show was like a, be like a, a Saturday evening family show. And what would happen is Scylla would just sort out some surprises for people. But the best part of the show was right at the very end, Scylla would say to the camera, right, Chuck, that was the end of surprise, surprise. And then she just burst into song straight away. And she'd go, life is full, full of surprises. And the biggest surprise of all is you. Right, Chuck, thanks for watching surprise surprise good night <laughs> yeah i mean that's it but that's basically it. <laughs> so for this for this runway they're using the term surprise surprise basically this is a reveal runway which who does not love a reveal so oh, big fan okay so up first Ahura does a groom to bride reveal so she's in a tux and a top hat with a cane and then she basically rips it all off and she's a bride with like in a full bridal gown with a beehive. She's exposing a boy nipple and as soon as she kind of does yep. this transformation, which is a little distracting. Sorry. But all in all, it's a it's a simple yet solid concept. I'm not like blown away by it, but I think it's a fun idea. 
There's also that simple, very effective thing of going from uh, the color black to the color white. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I don't yes. know if you need to, I don't know if you need me to do my TED talk on color. Do you want me to do that now? Let's skip it. Okay, cool. Okay. Next up is my girl, Lawrence Cheney. Now, Lawrence comes out in a, a blue sequin jumpsuit, a uh, red bandana in her, her hair. Although I think it's actually not, a, it, it's a, I think it's a tartan bandana from memory. I can't even remember. It is, yeah. Um, she's got a kind of brunette updo. Um, and then so she's stomping along in her blue sequin jumpsuit. And then she... Um, does a twirl or, or I don't know, pulls a, a lever or pulley and it, it kind of collapses to reveal um, a tartan dress, which of course tartan like is the, the material uh, and pattern of Scotland. I felt like the reveal was a little cumbersome. Yeah. It took, it took a while. And I've seen, I'm, I feel like all I'm talking about is memes and gifts. Like I'm someone's like auntie that's discovered the internet, but there was a really fun, I saw a really fun gif of uh it was like comparing US to UK and it was comparing the Violet Charsky runway show that they did where she is basically in like a jumpsuit that she turns inside out and is suddenly in a red tartan jumpsuit and it looks really slick and amazing. Next to Lawrence, like, clunk. But in a weird way, it's like, it's actually not an insult. Like it's, it was uh, whoever posted it, it, you could tell that's not that their, their intention wasn't to be like, oh, look, slick versus like sloppy. It's literally like, oh, that's just very American. And th- that just couldn't be more British and amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, solid, but not outstanding. Who have we got next, yeah. babes? Oh, Jizza, Jizza Lemon. So she comes out and <laughs> dressed as, as she, as she describes it, a tea lady, which is basically like an old woman who serves tea. <laughs> And a tea lady, a tea lady might have like a little tea trolley, like a wee cart that they'd push along with all the kind of you know cups and saucers on it, and it'd be like clanking, be like, "Do you want a cup of tea? Can I get you a little cup of tea?" Yeah. So this is this is like again keeping in her signature like palette. It's in the yellow the yellow palette, and she's wearing yellow tights, and she's wearing like kind of a very wedged up croc. And uh, who who says croc destroyer is that Alan? I think it is. I think so. Yeah, Alan was, I, Alan was so funny. Alan is just having the best time. I also like how Alan was constantly poking fun at Sheridan Smith. Yeah, they have they have like a fun a fun relationship those two, and then basically Ginny's whole reveal is the fact that she takes off that dress to reveal the exact same dress, apart from that it has a little window cutter, and you can see a hairy, as she says, hairy ass. It was how did, you, how did you feel about this one? <laughs> I. Th- <laughs> I was like half like, oh, okay. And then half like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's funny. Like, it, it is funny. And the fact that she does, you know, she has a hairy bum and it's just this like cut out window. It was so shit, but it, it's effective. I also you know? like, the, I, lo- I also love the anticlimax of just revealing the same dress. Yeah, it's very funny. It's, it's, she's, she's really good at like subverting the, the tropes, but also being charming still. I'm just not sure if she's going to be charming forever. Does that make yeah. sense? We, we will see. Next up is uh, Sheza Valentine. Um, she, she is wearing a, a short, poofy, yellow and black polka dot dress. It's got a big bow. Um, and uh, she's also got like little heels as well with like bows in the back as well. So she does reveal where it turns into like a yellow mini dress that mm. says gender on it. Because she's got a big, uh, she's got a big pregnant belly, doesn't she? 
Yeah. And then she pops a balloon and confetti flies out. I think at this point, Sheridan Smith makes a comment about her being pregnant as well. So yeah, it's all about like a, a gender reveal kind of dress situation. Mm. It's a bit, here's the thing. The way I just struggled to describe it says everything. Yeah, you know I mean? it, it, it was a little bit of like a, uh, it had too many steps to the concept, I think. And it it kind of didn't have a point of view, I guess. Like she was saying like, oh, you know, talking about gender reveals being, I don't know, it didn't, it wasn't strong enough of a thing to be like, gender reveals are so dumb, like you shouldn't do them. It, it didn't really feel like it had enough of a, of a position on that. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like if you're going to do that, you need to make, have it make a statement or you need, I don't know, or like you need to give birth. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And like you need to get, you're right. You need to give birth to a, a gender free uh, creature as it were yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. Make a statement. Yeah. Who've we got next babes? Oh, next up is the, <laughs> the tears to my Tamara. <laughs> she comes out in a God awful, like leather daddy costume, which does not fit her at all. And looks like it was constructed from like <laughs> scraps. Case. It's like, it's like she's got a pillowcase and cut a hole in the top and like bits to put her arms through. And then she's painted like uh, a, a male torso and leather on top of it. Yeah. It felt like when you like straight people dress up as like Superman for Halloween, straight guys. And they have that fake, like muscled, torso inside of it felt yeah. like she repurposed one of them it was not good um and she she revealed uh, <laughs> a dress which i think is going to go down in drag race history as <laughs> one of the worst dresses to reveal to it's like a very very sad very like real limp flamenco dress with a very flat wig but then she proceeds to go and do the macarena on the uh, on the on the main stage it's a She's real so funny it's a really weak macarena. That's why I like it. It's like she knows her dress is shit. She's just like, macarena. Yeah, like there's nothing funnier than a low, a purposefully low energy macarena in a bad dress. It was very funny. I also love that later on she reveals that she got this dress made. Now, imagine commissioning this outfit and then like, you know, going to the final fitting and getting it and, and being like, okay, I'll pay my money and, we're all done. Like, I, looked, I'm sorry. You'd go I back with like, it, yeah. I don't that? think it even looked like, I don't even think it looked like a flamenco dress. I think it looked like, you know, when you go to uh, the seaside and you go to those places where they make you dress up in different period outfits, it looked like a saloon dress. Like a, sorry, it looked like, what? what is the scenario you just talked us through? You know, like at theme parks, okay, fine, theme parks, this makes more sense. You know, at theme parks, they do those, they have those like photo studio attractions where you go and they dress you up as like a cowboy or like, yes. you know, yeah. And they do that at the seaside too. Do they? What seaside yeah. have you been to? Uh, well, I grew up in Great Yarmouth, which is a seaside town, which I did it there. And I've done it in Brighton, which is also on the seaside. Cool. Tell us less. Um, moving on, we have Ellie Diamond. So she came out, actually, oh yes, that's right. She had the triple reveal, didn't she? So first of all, she came out um, dressed as a scarecrow. 
um, with Big Bouncy hair, and then did a reveal into a sort of Tin Man look, and then did a final reveal into a lion with a tail. And it was all like an homage to um, The Wizard of Oz. My issue with this look was, okay, yes, great to get more reveals than anyone else. Each look was was fine, but none of them were great. I thought it started off okay and got worse with each reveal. Yeah. I felt like it was uh, the sum of all of its parts was still not more than other people's just because she did three. I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't crazy about this. I thought it was like, the, especially the Tin Man outfit was such like a middle outfit. It was just like literally a silver dress with a, with a heart on it. I was just like, mm, okay. Now I know there's no way to reveal to a full Tin Man look because that's crazy, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm sorry. We'll pretty much get there with Veronica Green in a minute, but yeah. But you know what I mean? To have that as the middle look, it just is kind of like, I don't know. Well, I do know, and I don't think uh, it worked. Okay, moving on, we have Astina Mandela. What have we got there? Oh, so she did a, she was in a kind of a, a black cape, which she ripped off to reveal that she was basically doing a kind of Mortal Kombat look. And she was also wearing a mask as well. And when she took the mask off, she had like a zombie, like a special effect zombie mouth. Um, <laughs> I, I liked this look. I thought it was fun. I did. I mean, she, she looked... Uh, I'm, I'm amazing also her body is just out of this world yeah, um i believe it's banging if you want to use a real uk term it's bang banging bod uh, but i do think that she i worry with her that in many ways her looks are so simple and she relies on her herself and her body so much i just don't know if she's i don't know if she's going to progress do you know what i mean i don't think like I just don't think she's going to build. Yeah, I think there's there's also a um, an underlying thing of here of me not really rooting for Estina very much. Uh, and I'm just, you know what I mean? I haven't really, I, I don't feel a lot of warm, fuzzy feelings for her like I do a lot of the other girls. Yeah, she's she is definitely less charming than the other girls. Yeah. Yep, okay. Yep, yep, yep. Sister, sister. I didn't know how much I missed ya. Okay. So <laughs> was your family tree, but sibling synchronicity. <laughs> I, I thought Sister Sister's uh, reveal was pretty fun. So she comes out and doing, she kind of did like a, a bit of another Dusty Springfield kind of look, actually. A kind of very 60s, 60s kind of mod-esque kind of moment. But she then ripped off to be a tattooed kind of dominatrix in red lace. And she had a, a whip and was wearing a harness I, I, I thought this was a fun transformation. My only one gripe is that kind of um, that kind of slightly old school drag thing of having a like because when she went on the floor and opened her legs up, so you have like the crotch of a of a of an outfit, but then she's wearing like a lot of like padding and tights underneath, so it didn't look like a. It looked strange. Just, yeah. Am I making any sense? It's, I know what you mean. Essentially, it was a great look. And then as soon as she did that move, you get to see too much of like behind the scenes, essentially. Yeah, I, precisely. She opened her legs and I saw behind the scenes. And I, I thought, no, let's not see behind the scenes. Let's keep let's it moving. Because I thought in the when she wasn't... Yeah, like I thought before that, I really liked... She did a good contrast of before and after look. I'm actually like, even though I'm not like, a huge sister-sister fan so far, I thought she had actually a very good episode overall. Yeah, I would I would say solid. 
I, I need to see. I've, I've not been like blown away by her yet, but right. you know, we'll now, get there maybe. Speaking Talk, of blowing away. Oh, out shuffles Veronica Green. She's doing a real 1950s housewife, a sort of Stepford wife thing. And she's shuffling and she's holding like a tray of cookies, isn't she? Isn't she? And yeah. her wig looks weird because it's a bit low. And you're like, wait, what's going on? She looks very strange. And then she has this moment where essentially she malfunctions and she just flings her head back really quickly and sharply. The hair comes off and underneath she reveals a whole robot look. Oh, this was my favorite to die for. My favorite moment is when she dropped the tray on the ground and they really left in the noise of the tray hitting the floor. It was really loud. Just like, a, real, oh. a, real, a real like baking tray sound of just a clang on the floor. Yeah, that made me laugh. That reminds then- me. Did you ever did you ever go to like when you were growing up did you ever go to a restaurant where if it was your birthday everyone in the restaurant was saying happy birthday including the people in the kitchen yeah yes and they hands and they clank them together yes. <laughs> there is a restaurant in penrith in the oh. uh, lake district <laughs> where on your birthday they make you wear i think they make you wear like a cowbell around your neck and they make you go and run around the town square and it's like a rite of passage in Penrith. And every, it's this Italian restaurant. Yeah, and if it's your birthday, you wear the cowbell and run around the town square with it on. And everyone bangs pots and pans. <laughs> have, you, have you done that? I've, been, I've witnessed I've witnessed some some girl who looked mortified, who was clearly like her 18th birthday. And she was with family and friends. So she was so mortified. She had to put this huge cowbell on and everyone cheered while she ran around the square. Right. When we when we finally get back to the UK, um, we are going to go to that restaurant specifically for your birthday, and I want that to happen to you because I would really enjoy that. That's, that'll be on our road trip on the way to Scotland, so you can finally get past Hadrian's Wall. I don't know, you know, you know me. When I get to Hadrian's Wall, I can't just quite make that the rest of that journey. Penrith <laughs> is my last stop on that that Virgin Pendolino. Anyway, <laughs> Pendolino. Right. Uh, then we've got Tace. Now, Tace is in head-to-toe red. She's got, I mean, her hair here is <laughs> stunning. She's got super, super long, straight blonde hair. Um, she's Everything's red. Her makeup and her face, I mean, she's just divine. Um, she takes off her cape and she takes off her dress and she's got blood and she's bleeding from her mouth. Um but underneath, she's essentially got a long, uh, full-body red bodysuit. Yeah. Uh, and the issue here is she's kind of gone from red to red. So you don't actually see that there's much of a reveal. Yeah, it was very hard to tell what she was taking off and what was happening. It was just like a red, lots of red, like, flouncy fabric flowing around, wasn't there? Yeah. And, of course, as Michelle later says, uh, maybe the biggest surprise of all was the fact that she had a black corset on underneath, which was just sort of shining through the outfit. And then poor old Bimini Bomboulash comes out at the end and she had, it was, she had it all good to go. So she comes out in a corset and it had all these black balloons pinned on it and this really fun uh, kind of huge hairstyle that was like a beehive that flicked out at the ends. Really, she just looked, even just from a distance, she looked cool. And you, and then, you know, she's basically talking about how it's like, they're filled with paint and this is going to be like a kind of living piece of art. And you think like, oh great, she's going to like, this is going to be a real, you know, stunning kind of runway moment. And it just like something went wrong. And she, she, they cut to her an interview and she's just like, I tried this out at home. It looked great. I've tried it here. It looks shit. <laughs> I, she just, she clearly didn't have enough paint in those balloons. 
Yeah, it feels to, I'm getting a little, just a little hint of some, uh, some stage manager kind of, because obviously she had to go last because of having paint on the runway, but I was getting that kind of like, maybe the volume of the paint was adjusted for safety or something like that. And it didn't quite have the same, have the same effect. That's very generous of you. I just like, if I, I'm sorry, if, if a stage manager was trying to tell me, no, you've got to permits, you've got to have less paint. I'd be like, no. I am fucking, or I'd be like, yeah, okay, uh huh. Then I'd go around the corner and fill up all those balloons. Like, oh, you, yeah. you want it to be amazing. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the difference between, you know, a dedicated queen who some might call a monster and I guess someone who follows the rules. Are you, <laughs> are you calling me a monster? Absolutely not. I'm going to talk about social media again for a second, actually. I saw a very funny post where uh, it was Bimini in her like flat and she was just holding a balloon, like a filled up balloon, and she just lets it go and it just kind of goes, and she just captured it like this was my runway look this week it was very funny beautiful okay let's get to these critiques so safe the five who were safe we had ahora we had Ginny lemon we had astina Manella. hang on a minute we had sister sister and we had bimini bon bulash any quibbles in there any issues Oh, I was just screaming fancy a slice after you said Ginny Lemon. Okay, I'll say Ginny Lemon again. You just do it again, just for fun. Ginny Lemon. Fancy a slice! <laughs> that was good. Well done, babes. I'm imp- I'm, I'm, I was worried for Bimini, uh, but the fact that like she managed to sneak through and no one even mentioned the fact that her balloons failed. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, she was so good in the rusical that it, it completely bought her that's what bought her that that safe thing. You can yeah. tell when they go to her backstage, she's like, phew. So they trot backstage, and then uh, the panel, the judges, the gang, the crew, start talking about the remaining girls. So first up, Lawrence Cheney. Uh, Michelle's saying that right from rehearsals, Lawrence was quite unsure of herself um, and, and quite nervous. Yeah, and then Sheridan, and she said, yeah, you got lost, but actually you're, you're a pro because you you managed to get yourself back in the right spot. So she's Sheridan in general was lovely in the critiques because she seems like a nice person. Yeah. Alan said that he saw the tartan coming. So in terms of the reveal, the surprise reveal, it wasn't much of a surprise. But then was he also quite impressed with, with Lawrence? Mm. <laughs> when he says like wow compared to the other queens i think he was kind of shading the fact that it was generally quite a uh shaky a shaky oh, runway <laughs> yeah and then you know it's even it's even uh rue says it later when they're discussing amongst themselves he's just like listen i love lawrence cheney <laughs> yeah. essentially saying don't worry lawrence is not going anywhere this week <laughs> no. okay Shave Chezavi, Cherry Valentine. Uh, Michelle said that Cherry had trouble in the rusical as well. Um, and, and she was saying, look, out of all the queens on stage, when you got in trouble in the rusical, you could see it in your face. You could see you sweat. Um, you can't you can't ever let that show. Yeah. And then Alan Alan's was, yeah, he knew the surprise was gonna be, he knew what he knew what the surprise was gonna be in the runaway look. Um, and then he was like, oh, you look cute. And then just kind of left it at that. You could tell he was yeah. trying to be nice. Sheridan thought that Cherry uh, did great. And she kind of made the comment, oh, I'm pregnant as well. Um, but that uh, Cherry was a bit lost in the rusical. Yeah. 
And then, um, yeah, Rue basically just said, the world is watching, so you've got to be special every time. Do you know what? The reason I... The reason I like went off in my head and drifted off for a second there is because I just remembered one thing we didn't talk about. And it was sister, sister, dry shaving her face with a razor, not using any kind of, do you remember that? It just come back to you right now. It just literally, like, like a, like a, it's like I was hit by a bus. I just thought of poor sister, sister's face. Her like, oh, cause I, I suffer from really bad shaving rash. So just to see her like raking that razor over like dry skin. Ooh. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to take us off course there, but I just remembered it and it has really haunted me. Anyway, Fraser, Fraser Light Razor living up to the name. Who have we got next, babes? Miguel, Miguel Tia. She's up. So basically Michelle's just saying, you were great. You were hilarious. You were brilliant in the Rusical. You know, everything was great. She's, she even very kindly said, uh, I loved your leather daddy look on the runway. And then she did have, she has a very cutting statement to make. She's like, this the red dress looks like you kind of just went to angels. And I was like, Michelle Visage, you fucking bitch. She managed to actually get just a perfect UK reference. Angels is a very famous fancy dress store or a costume store in the UK or in London, especially where, uh, I mean, it's a slight compliment if you really know angels that well, because they do hire up professional costumes from, from angels. But Michelle was basically saying it looked like party city. Yeah. Party city. And I also love the comment, like your wig was out of the bag and unshaken. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, she said that later. Didn't she? she was, she's yeah. like, that was fresh out of the bag, and she didn't even she didn't even shake it. <laughs> when they call that a shake and go, and she didn't even shake it, she just went. <laughs> um, Alan said about Tia that you know he wished uh, she had brought elements of the rats performance to the red outfit, um, and they also all complimented her. You did really well in the casting. You cast you mm. cast the the musical very well. Um, Sheridan, I just want to shout out to producer Bree's comments here. Sheridan said, "Love the Macarena, quirky, fun." <laughs> <laughs> but this is the thing. This is why my girl Tia is so good because when they were all criticizing that dress and saying all this stuff, she was like picking it up and like swooshing around. And she was like, "Oh, you don't like my dress?" <laughs> She's like, oh, "You don't like it?" Okay. Well, yeah, I just thought- that point, that's when she said. Oh, I tell you what, I got this made. I'm going to go take it back, get my money back. <laughs> it was very funny because I think I think in the face of a criticism, a critique, uh, sorry, is you can choose to go one of two ways. You can be devastated, or you know, sometimes people go a bit wrong and they try and be funny when it's a serious moment. But she knew exactly what to do to like lighten the moment because they weren't they weren't like, do you know? What I mean, it wasn't like a really heavy criticism. It was just like that dress is shit, and she's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tia, your dress is shit. What you like? All right, should we talk about your your other Scottish gal, Ellie? Scot- Ellie, Ellie Diamond. No, no. I mean, let me do the proper accent. It'd be more like Ellie Diamond. No, I see. I can't do a Dundee accent. Can't do it. <laughs> I can do my Lawrence. Can't do my Ellie. Can't do my LED. So um, Michelle said that Ellie had a bit of a hesitation, was showing hesitation in the rusical, but did a good job. Sheridan said that she couldn't take her eyes off you. She couldn't. Um, And Alan, I was surprised at this, but Alan loved the Wizard of Oz looks. I was like, and like he really waxed lyrical about them. I'm like, really, Alan? Really? Yeah. I'm not really sure why Ellie Diamond was there in the in the tops and bottoms segment because i don't think she was bad enough to be in the bottom and i don't think she was good enough to be in the top yeah felt like an odd an odd one i would have i would have swapped her out with one of the other girls maybe like maybe bimini because you could kind of be like you could say literally you were in the top for the rusical and the bottom for your runway 
Yeah. I don't know. It, it seemed it seemed like a strange choice. I didn't really know why she was there. Yeah, the fact the fact that Bimini got off scot free with the 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 sad balloons. Interesting. <laughs> anyway, Veronica Green. Um, what's that? It's called her Ronnie. Ronnie, right? Ronnie Green. Ronnie Ronnie G. Ronnie G. <laughs> Ronnie G. Uh, Michelle thought that she was fantastic in the character of Avita Von Fleas. Great vocals. Um, yeah, Sheridan was really referring to her here as a, a pure a pure triple threat. Um, Alan had a great bit here, but he was saying that he was both aroused and sickened at her striptease. Um, and also the comment, just nice to see a robot wearing a heel. <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. She was had that gold, that little gold heel on. <laughs> oh, really, really got me. Um, uh, they were all very, they were all very impressed with old Ronnie G. Ronnie G. <laughs> and also should have been because Ronnie G. My fave for for this yeah. week. Really, really was right, babes. Talk me through taste. Oh, so yeah, taste taste got a pretty harsh critique here, and I'm not. I don't necessarily agree with it completely. Um, so yeah, she, you know, Michelle said that you know you got in your own way in the musical, and in some moments you came through, and sometimes you were quite hard hard to understand. And there's that other note, you know, the sim- same note again of speak up and enunciate. Um, and then she got a kind of this same same kind of critique about being too concerned about being pretty. And then yeah, Michelle was really she wouldn't stop talking about that black corset under the new the nude illusion panel, yeah. and she just kept saying a piece of red fabric around it i was like oh, okay it's okay and then yeah rue said the cat the catsuit felt store-bought and didn't feel like sh- she was bringing something unique to the competition and yeah alan quite rightly said you could have done a bigger surprise in the runway but you look fit and then sheridan just said quite the opposite because she was being so lovely she said i'm obsessed you're gorgeous and i want your hair yeah but wait alan kind of said look you look fit but give us more yeah she she thought she did look fit, especially oh. they kept obviously obviously the, the 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 great black corset mistake that she made that was so terrible, whatever. But like they kept doing close ups of her face and the way that the blood had splattered on all over her face, as well as like the makeup that she'd done with the blonde hair and like the red paint on her face, she looked fucking stunning. Like just oh I honestly I, I hate to say this, couldn't take my eyes off her. Her her eyes are unreal. Yeah. Oh, what a treat. Yeah, and that's that's like she's 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 painting her face, but she's also got beautiful eyes naturally. So I guess maybe that's giving her a helping hand there. But the way she paints her face is so like angular and like severe, but severe in the most sexy way of using that word. Yeah. She's really like giving like actual 90s supermodel, like severe kind of like angles, angles, angles. Oh. I love her. We want all those angles. Right. <sighs> Backstage, the queens are having a bit of a kiki, aren't they? Uh, Bimini's disappointed her balloons didn't pop. We all were, Bimini. We all were. Yeah. Um, I love this. Ginny says that drag race is a lot harder than she thought. Do you know what? <laughs> it's harder than I thought. Then we have this very strange moment where they, the tops and bottom queens come back and they're all lump themselves down on the sofas we have this very strange moment between sister sister and lawrence where sister sister's just like 
oh, how are you feeling, Lawrence? Because I know that you were really, really nervous, weren't you? And Lawrence is like, yeah, yeah, I was nervous. And she just, just, just like, you know, because you were really, really nervous. I've never seen you that nervous before. You know, it just it's just really weird seeing someone who's just, you know, so good in the competition just being so nervous. And then it just goes quiet for like a second. And she just one more time, she's like, and, you know, because I've just never seen you like that. It just really bothered me seeing you so nervous. It's like, oh, sister, sister, didn't know how much I missed you. Woo. That I didn't quite understand what was going on there. And then Lawrence is kind of getting pissed off, but I don't fully understand why. And it, it felt like two people having different arguments with different people, but they'd been like sandwiched together. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean. It definitely it had the, the um, what's the non-racist term of that thing? Telephone, where people, it's just lots of... Uh, yeah, it was like they were having a conversation on a phone line that had been like connected to a different phone line. Very strange. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, she's saying that Lawrence was bricking it. Again, as we will say, bricking it is shitting it or shitting a brick. Just being really nervous. Um, okay, we have Tia here. Um, you know, she's saying, oh yeah, in her confessional, in her interview, she says that Tace is the fashion queen of the season, but there was no surprise. It was all, it was just all red. And you know what? She's not wrong. Yeah. And um, Shezza V is, was like, she was feeling very sad. I felt bad for Shezza V. She, she oh. really knew the writing was on the wall in this moment. It was, uh, it was tough. And, and also I felt bad for her because they were, everyone was being like, oh my God, are you okay, Lawrence? Like, oh my God, are you okay? Like, sister, sister, are you okay? Like, Ellie, like everyone who got like negative critiques and they, like no one said anything to her and that was really, that felt sad. Yeah. And then they just cut to Ellie saying she wore a bus driver wig. <laughs> and it's very true. Cherry really was. <laughs> she did. Um, Veronica, they're all saying that Veronica really shone. Um, and uh, yeah, in fact, Veronica was saying in general that people usually forget about her existence, but this was a real moment where actually they're all like, whoa, we've, we've, we're, we see you. We really see yeah. you. We see you, Ronnie G. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then Miguel, Miguel Tia pipes up and starts talking about that dress again. And she just says, I guess you were right about me being basic. <laughs> Honestly, Tia made me laugh out loud multiple, multiple times in this episode. She's so funny. (laughs) I also just love that Tia, as I said last week, just constantly looks like she's she hasn't slept. Just constantly tired. She she has she has a she has a bit like this is maybe a very strange reference, but her face is she has a real look of like she's been animated. Like she looks like she's been drawn, and I, I she's been drawn in that vein of like. Do you remember Tintin? (laughs) <laughs> yes she really looks like a Tintin drawing yeah, huh? <laughs> yeah. Do, do you think she looks like a character from Tintin no I think she more looks, she more looks like a character from Doug the cartoon Doug, Doug. Do you know? yes yes <laughs> it might be like a time working friend who's just over everything he does or like the seven up guy what was he called Fido yes. Dido Fido <laughs> I don't know if they had the seven up guy in America or not. Um, yeah. Let us, let us know if you had, if you had Fido Dido in the U S if, if you know Fido Dido do get in touch. Right. We're back in the stage. We're back in the main stage. Now the Queens that are safe are your gal Tia coffee, Ellie diamond, yeah. hometown hero, Lawrence Cheney. Those three. Are safe. 
So that means in the bottom two, we have Chezavi and we've got Tace. And that mm. also means that the winner is Veronica Green. Absolutely. Ronnie G got the repeater badge for the week. Um, Ronnie G, <laughs> she, she deserved it. She, I'm so happy she won. <laughs> you know we're only going to call her Ronnie G from this moment on now on this podcast. <laughs> so, Taste and Shazza V are going to lip sync to a song. Now, now, I understand that the Rusical was a ripoff of Cats. So why don't we get them to lip sync to Memories by Elaine Page? <sighs> now, here's my thing. I thought, I, when it started, I was like, okay, yep, this is a big emotional song. I bet this goes into a dance remix. That's where I thought <laughs> it was going. But you know what? Turns out, Elaine Page, she never did a dance remix of uh, Memories. So it didn't, it, it, it didn't go there. <laughs> you thought maybe it would like transition into Nicole Scherzinger's version and then into like the Pussycat Dolls cover of Hot Stuff. Oh, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> I just thought like at one point it was just going to go, like a disco number. Do you know what I mean? Is there ever, has there ever been a dance or disco version of Memories? Because there should be. Okay. I'm just writing memory, uh, Memories from Cats, uh, Dance Remix. Are we going to do that? If not, I'm tapping it in. Um, oh, mem- disco version from the Broadway musical. So there we are. Fuck. The 12 inch version. <laughs> Damn you, Lloyd Webber. You think of everything before us. Oh, I know. <laughs> so this lip sync thoughts, feelings, emotions hit me, babes. Um, so this was this was good, I guess, in the sense that it it's good to do a ballad. I think every once in a while, because you get to do the girls get to do like big emotion, and I felt like it was actually tasted a very like controlled kind of uh, artistic kind of performance, which felt very like you felt safe watching her. But then there was something really like heartbreaking because you kind of knew that Shazza knew that she was going. I think yeah. So she was kind of like, she had a real like lip quiver while she was doing it that felt it was kind of real and not performance. So it was just kind of sad. I did. I, I felt. I felt sad. I didn't like it. And sh- old Sheridan, she was like weeping, which was blubbering away, wasn't she? Yeah. Surprised she didn't give birth right there and then. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it was a. It was a funny lip sync. I. I do think that Taste deserved to win and stay in the show. Yes. But I'm even and tasted like a little bit more with the stage. Like she actually moved on the stage yeah. and changed the location. It, Chezavi just stood in one spot. Um, she did a park and bark, as they say in the what? industry. A park and bark. Park and bark. She, yeah, she really did. I don't know. I even wanted taste to do more, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it felt like you could do a very like, dramatic twirling around to that song, couldn't you? I know. Oh, yeah, like a real slow-mo twirl. Oh, what about a slow-mo twirl where you pretend to get dizzy then fall off the stage? Yeah, or um, I don't know how this works in terms of physics, but like twirling around in slow motion and doing a slow motion death drop, <laughs> but in real life. <laughs> Once again, I'm just going to refer you to my TED Talk on science. We cover physics. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So so at the end of all of that, Tace is told, Shantae, you stay. And Chezavi is asked to sashay away. And she just gives her like final line where she just says, oh, rats and walks off, which I thought was sweet. Then she seemed really kind of pissed off in the interview afterwards. Did you notice that? 
No, I didn't. Yeah, she she had a a, quite an edge to her where she was just like, it was it was good. She was talking about standing up for herself and how she wouldn't ever let herself be in a position like that again. But there was definitely an air of her suggesting that she shouldn't have been in the bottom two. Uh, Well, who should who should have been the bottom two? Who should have left then? I'm guessing I'm guessing there's going to be some drams next week about Bimini not being in the bottom two. Mm, Oh, what some fallout from that? Yeah, because they're gonna. It's going to be that thing of just not pretending that they can't remember that she was really good in the challenge and just focusing on that runway not working. Fair. Fair. Yeah. Right. I've got a big question for you, babes. Ooh. Now we're at the end of this episode, um, mm-hmm. and you do know that we are both obviously going to enter Drag Race in the future at some point. Um, just planning ahead for that moment, if we had the surprise, surprise category in the main stage, what would your outfit and reveal be? Ooh. Oh, you go first because I need to think about it. So, surprise, surprise, as we said before, it refers to Scylla Black. So, I would have dressed, my first look would have been as Scylla Black. She had a sort of very red beehive and big buck teeth. And she'd be wearing like a 90s suit and she'd waddle along. And then she would strip off to reveal um, a burlesque outfit underneath because Scylla Black famously did a very raunchy burlesque number, I think, at the Royal Variety Show for the Queen um, in black lingerie when she was about 60. So that would be my Scylla Black uh, surprise surprise reveal outfit thank you very much i mean i'm i'm not going to submit myself in the category because i don't believe i would win so i respectfully bow out of the category that's great <laughs> what's that outfit didn't she wear that outfit had like it was lingerie with like a heart on the front that lit up wasn't it something like, like a big heart like a, 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 a boom and when she did like a like a, a kind of boom with her chest lit up or something ah oh, great yeah i might rewatch that performance tonight and have another little gin Oh, lovely babes. Oh, <laughs> that was me just, just, you know, enjoying my beer at the end there. Right. So that was it. That was episode two. Um, overall, how'd you feel? I feel like the UK season is giving me actual, like a, a thrill of excitement. Like that when I started that episode, I felt so excited and it actually didn't let me down, even though there were some pretty ropey moments in the episode. I had so much fun watching it. I'm, I feel like so excited about this whole season. I can't, I actually cannot wait to watch the next episode already. I, I feel that I do not know who the bottoms are because I think it's a very strong group. Well, actually, yeah. no, let me, let me be honest. Ellie diamond is probably going to be in the bottom at some point. Who else? Sister, sister. Sister, sister. Do you think it's going to be Ellie Diamond's sister, sister next week? Or maybe, but I, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to tell. I think it, they've, they've got such a strong season with actually so many different skills that actually this truly is one of those seasons where like it all depends on what the challenge is. And I, I think it actually could really have kind of like a surprising outcome. I am, I am so excited about Snatch Game with this cast. Oh, yes, it's going to be so good. Beautiful. Thank you for listening to Drag Race Recap UK. This episode was produced by Bree Weiss. If you've got something to say, get in touch. Drop us an email at dragracerecapuk at afterthought.media. Yes, and please listen to us on our podcast, You're Welcome America. It's available on iTunes, Spotify, and all those good places. And follow us on our Instagram. We're at You're Welcome America, which is the letters You Are Welcome America. 
for bonus Drag Race UK content and more, support the show over at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. Drag Race Recap UK is an Afterthought Media podcast.